Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another exclusive Toffee Blues interview where it's an absolute pleasure for me today to be joined by former Everton and Nigeria defender Joseph Yobo. So a very warm welcome to the show. Joseph, how are you? Yeah, James. It's nice, it's nice seeing you here and talking to you. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. I'm really thrilled that you've come on the show with us and it's a joy to have you here on the Toffee Blues, your first time on the channel. How are you? Where are you living right now? Are you staying safe? Yeah, I'm staying safe. I'm back home in Nigeria. My family is over here at the moment. So, you know, we've, we've been at home for the past couple of uh, weeks, you know, because of the lockdown. So I'm happy I'm home. I'm safe and, and I'm happy. It's brilliant to hear. And how about you, James? Yeah, and I'm living with my family too. So uh, we're, we're staying safe as well. We're all staying at home and... Yeah, everything's been going okay so far, so it's it's great to sort of be able to stay safe. It's, not everybody's that lucky, so it's good for both of us that we're in this position, really, and that we can have this chat as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Joseph doesn't really need any introduce, introducing for many fans out there. He spent eight years as an Everton player from 2002 to 2010, making over 250 appearances for Everton and like I say it all started for Joseph Yobo as an Everton player in the summer of 2002 before that you played in Belgium for Standard Liège and then went to Marseille sure. it's also worth it's also worth remembering though that you played brilliantly for Nigeria at the World Cup in Japan that year kept a clean sheet against England and looking back yeah. on the game yeah you, you you played very well in that game I can remember yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks, James. I think, um, like you rightly said, it started from Standard Liège in Belgium. You know, after I left Nigeria, you know, I was only mm -hmm. young. I was 17, going to 18 when I signed for them. And um, from Standard Liège, I moved to Olympic Marseille. So Marseille, I came to Everton in 2002, and and like you said, you know, that year was also the World Cup. So we had, um, I think, before I came to um, Everton, there was a Nations Cup 2002 that I played for Nigeria, and then the World Cup 2002 before I signed for Everton. So that, that year, 2002, was a great year for me. Yeah, it was a very good year. And, of course, you marked the certain Michael Owen out of the game, which he was one of the best strikers in the world at the time. So for a 21-year-old to be doing that, as you were at the time, that was very impressive and clearly it caught Everton's eye, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that, that opened me up to a lot of things in England. But I think uh, before that, um, my manager, I've spoken to uh, um, Everton's manager, then that was David Moyes. So we kind of knew that, okay, after the World Cup, Everton was one of the teams that were on the table. But, you know, for me, it was brilliant. And I'm, I'm delighted that I, I made that choice to, to move to Everton after the World Cup. Well, that's the... Like, that was a fantastic game. Oh, it was yeah. a fantastic game against England to play against arguably one of the best strikers in the world, then Michael Owen, and you had the David Beckhams, and it was a very solid team. And and our team was kind of um, a mixed kind of team. We were we were a bit younger, and we had a few experienced players. So you know, it was a great test for players like myself to come on board and and play against a big nation like England, and most especially very very good players. So I was I was really tested, but. It was something that I was happy about. 
it was a test you certainly succeeded at because you impressed a lot of people in that game and you were only 21 so obviously you, you caught a lot of eyes and I think that was the next question I was actually going to ask you was when you signed for Everton we weren't the only team after you there were many big names linked the likes of Arsenal Juventus uh, was that true those names yeah. being linked and what so you were linked to the likes of Arsenal and Juventus yeah yeah, you know, it's a long story with, with my agent and, and what happened. But while I was at the Olympic myself, I did know that, you know, the interest from Juventus started coming in. You know, sometimes there is no smoke without fire. So the rumors was on while I was still playing for Olympic myself. So after the, when I went to the World Cup, my agent also spoke to me. But before the World Cup, we played a couple of games. So I already knew everything was kind of interested, was on the, on the table as well. I think everything watched me when we played against Ireland. You know, Republic ah. of Ireland, and in that game, I, yeah, I played in the in the defensive midfield myself and JJ against um, Roy King. So it was a very tough game, but it was one that I was able to you know showcase myself as well. But like you said, after the World Cup, I heard there were a lot of teams that were interested in me. But one thing that caught my attention was um, <clears throat> when I knew everything was in on a couple of clubs from England. The, when I was at Olympic uh, Marseille, Frank Leboeuf, the former Chelsea player. He was my defensive partner, so but he was more experienced, so I always go to him for opinions, and, and that basically was guiding me a little bit. And he said England would really suit my game because of my pace and, and how I react to things and that. So, so I was happy when I had a couple of things from the Premiership were interested in me. He said everything were, were, were head above heels, uh, everything was on top of my league, and I'm delighted that as soon as um, I had that meeting with David Moyes, I was convinced. But to be to be honest with you, uh, um, James, when I was going to England, my 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 agent told me I was going to Everton. You know, so when we got to, got to Liverpool, and he just said, "Let's go visit uh, David Moyes," because we've spoken to him before. Let's go see the club and see everything. Then we can make a decision from there. So was that kind of what swung you towards Everton? Was David Moyes' desire how much he wanted you at Everton? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I came in, I was only 21, and he took me around. I saw the facilities, the structures, and everything. And um, he took us out for a lunch. I think it was on Albert Dock. I can remember that very well. There was a restaurant close to the dock side, Albert Dock. And, and, and he just sold everything to me and, 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 and told me what he wanted to do with me, how he wanted me to be one of the best defenders in the Premier League, and he's going to make me improve. And, and and everything he said to me, he just brought me over. So at that point, I was like, I don't think I want to go anywhere again. I've seen where I want to be, grow from there, learn the game, and then hopefully in the future I can I can move on to other things. But I'm glad that he, he convinced me. So absolutely, 100%, it was David Moyes that, that, that convinced me to sign for everything. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a very clearly dedicated a lot of time to bring you in. And you did end up rewarding him when, obviously, before... You came permanently, you signed on loan, and then we took up the option to sign you for £4.5 million. How happy were you that you were staying at Everton in the summer of 2003? Yeah, I was very happy. I was I was delighted. I think, um, you know, when you're young, you just want to enjoy football. And at that stage, I knew I was still learning my trade, but I was also happy with, with, with the performances that I had playing for Everton. Because when I came, when I came in, I can remember vividly that I was injured in the first um, friendly match that we had. So the season started, 
and I was still recuperating. So by the time I came came into the squad, you know, we've played a couple of games. The season has already started. But as soon as I started playing, I got off a good start as well. So that really helped my confidence and everything. Then towards the end of the season, I was very delighted that finally Everton took up the option to sign me because I've fallen in love with the club. I was happy with everything. I knew I was learning from the manager and other older players that was there. Basically, within that short period of time, Everton became home for me. So, you know, I love the club and, and that was a big decision for me because even that season that I, I was on loan to Everton, there were, there were other clubs that were in for me as well. So the decision was, do I want to sign for Everton or do I want to move back abroad or, or go to another club? And I'm super happy that finally I made a decision to sign for Everton. That's brilliant to hear, mate. And um, there were a few difficulties, weren't there, with Marseille to do a permanent deal, if I'm not mistaken, as a player? Does it get frustrating when contract negotiations, transfer negotiations are dragged out like that? Yeah, it, it does. It does, you know, because as a player, especially when you're falling in love with a club, when you're happy at a club, you want to stay there. But then the option is not just yours. You have decided to stay. But then the transfer negotiation between the clubs can be very frustrating especially when it seems like, you know, because you keep asking what is going on. Sometimes it's going good and sometimes it's like a deadlock, like they're not getting any headway. And you know how this thing goes. Some, it's a bit, um, it's, you know, they try to negotiate, you know, who has the upper hand and the bigger strength. But I made it clear to Olympic Marseille that I wanted to stay at Everton. So some way, somehow, I knew the, the deal was going to go through and, and I'm glad that finally Everton they let me down. They, they pulled the deal through and, and, and I signed a, fine, fine, a permanent deal for Everton. Um, I think we were delighted to bring you in because I think you'd really impressed. You'd really impressed that first yeah. season. Yeah, thank you. It was, it, was, it, was, it was everything for me because a lot of people, like I said, spoke to me about the Premier League and the Premier League then was, you know, the best league in my opinion and, and still is at the moment in the world. So it was a big challenge for me to, to play in the Premier League. It was also a good opportunity for, for the fans back home because the Premier League is shown back in Africa for them to be able to see me. So I got a better um, recognition and people knew me more and uh, than when I was playing in, at Olympic Marcel in France. So basically because of the hype, and, and how huge the Premier League is, it gave me a lot of visibility. And you certainly took that chance and ran with it because you, you played very well in your early seasons. And we recently spoke with your former teammate, Thomas Radzinski, on this show. And we mentioned about that first season <laughs> where we played very well. Yeah, he was on last week with me. Uh... Yeah, we mentioned about uh, Wayne Rooney uh, uh... and the Arsenal goal. So... How, how, yeah, how was it playing with Wayne Rooney? Oh, first of all, Thomas is, uh, was a great teammate. He was a funny lad, you know, Thomas uh, uh, Razinski, you know, he was he was very good. And then Wayne, Wayne Rooney, you know, Wayne Rooney came through the ranks. I can remember when we went um, for the preseason, he was only 16 coming through. And I was just coming, so he was my roommate. You know, he was, but he was younger. <laughs> but he was kind of uncomfortable the first few days, and he would always be leaving the room. So as soon as my Rooney was coming through the ranks, we already had kind of a relationship. Started from being my roommate, and then he moved out. So, but he was a special talent, unbelievable talent. You know, like you know that that shows the structure what everything has been doing in the academy. Because when he came through, I was like, wow, this kid, he's a beast. 
He had everything. He was quick, he was strong, and he was fearless. So, so Wayne Rooney is, 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 is a one, of a, one of a kind. He was a special, special breed. And I'm happy that I played with one of the world, world best strikers because at that point, you know, he was, he was rooting for the top. I think when he was at Everton, people could talk about Rooney, um, Ronaldo and Messi. You know, when he finally moved to Man United, so he had that special talent to be one of the best in the world, and I'm glad that he achieved that as well. That's great to hear, and we never knew that you were his roommate on that first pre-season tour. So it's it's great to hear. Have you got any stories about like <laughs> sharing a room with Wayne? Any uh, interesting stories from that first pre-season tour? Yeah, he didn't he didn't stay long. You know, at 16, you're always gonna be shy. Like, you know, I, I was older than him. I was 21, so, and then I'm a foreigner. So then I wasn't, I wasn't a scouser yet. I later turned into a scouser. But when I, when I, when I came, I was, I was me, Joseph Yobo. So he was, he was different. So he always leaves the room to go to his mates and then come back. It, it didn't, it didn't last long. It didn't last long, but he was a great teammate in, in general. We had a good relationship while we played together at Everton. That's great to hear, and obviously we, we had a brilliant first season as well. Like together, we we had a very good season. We were pushing for Europe, and unfortunately we didn't get it. But we finished seventh, and it was a decent year. But the second season wasn't so good. We finished just six points above relegation, and obviously Wayne left for Man United that summer. What was the feeling in the squad when Wayne was sold? Obviously our fans were very upset, but we now know, of course, that the sale was vital for the club to survive at the time um i know yeah. the mood in the summer of 2004 wasn't great was it no i think when when wine left you know i was you know, i was kind of frustrated as well like uh for me it was like you know he was a superstar in the team as much as he was very so i didn't know the direction that everything was was the club was pushing was pushing because to sell one of probably your best player and the future superstar of the club, for me, gave a wrong signal. But like you rightly said, you know, we understand from the business angle that they needed to sell him to put in some more resources to the club. I, at that point, honestly, I have to tell you, I thought about my future. Because, uh, you know, when you are in a team and you see one of, probably one of your best players leaving, you start wondering a lot, you start thinking a lot that, you know, are we building the team to try and achieve things or... Are we going to be selling players? So for me as a defender, I always want to have the best players, especially for what players in the team and when Rooney was one of those. So when he left, I felt bad. But like, like, like football, we understand the business. It took a while, but then, you know, I recovered from it and knew that this is football and other players came in as well. But it was hard to see a super, super talent like, like when Rooney leave, leave the club at that moment. Certainly, and like you said, you did consider your future, but you did eventually sign a new contract, didn't you? Absolutely, yeah. I think I think that's where it all started from because um, 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 a journalist in Nigeria rang me over and said, "Hey, when Rooney is gone, and just like what we're doing now," and I, I told him my mind that uh, you know I'm a bit disappointed that he left because I thought that we'll be rebuilding and adding moment I didn't really understand why they sold him but afterwards you know I think um, words came out from the from the club the reason that they had to do it and I committed my future to the club my, I didn't have any doubt playing for the club it's just we're human beings and I was only young as well to see one of your your pals your teammates and he's that good leaving the club I knew that we were definitely one down so 
regardless of who was coming in, it was it was hard to replace Wayne Rooney's presence at that moment. It it took a while before we got ourselves going again because he he was a special talent. He was an unbelievable talent. It certainly was, and of course, it was a difficult void to replace. And that summer, as well as you signing a new contract, Everton made some very good signings in the likes of Tim Cale, Marcus Bent, and later Mikel Arteta. We had a very memorable season. We finished fourth and qualified for the Champions League. And after the doom and gloom of Rooney leaving and finishing low in the league the year before, a lot of people thought we'd struggle, but it was so different. What went so well this season when we finished fourth? Yeah, I think, like like you said, my first season we did very well and then we dipped the second season just um, six points above relegation. It's, it was all about the signing and we have to give credit to the manager as well because... Um, then the quality wasn't as good as you know what Everton later became. He he built David Moyes built Everton to play to a system that worked for us. He brought in Tim Kehi, who which was fanta- who was fantastic. Mikel Arteta, you know, when Mikel Arteta came in, we started being able to play a little bit from the back because he's a very technical player. So the signings that season obviously made us forget um, the void that Wayne Rooney left. So they came in and filled that void. And we performed really well because they were quality players. They were quality players. And and one most important thing is the team spirit. Everton is a family club. You know, we are the blue. It's a family club. And everybody was like, you know what? Last season we didn't do well. So this season, as as soon as we got off a, a good start, as soon as we started getting into form, it was difficult for anyone to like, you know, to defeat us easily. Before you before you beat us, then you really have to work yourselves off to to get a win against us. So the signings that came in really helped, and it was was needed. Yeah, it was. A, it really was a the family spirit, if you like, of that team. That season was unbelievable, and the fans really got behind it. And we had a fantastic season. What was it like playing with? These kind of characters, the likes of Tim Cale, Mikel Arteta, a few others, Duncan Ferguson, plenty of big characters in that team. Yeah, I think Tim, Tim and Co grew into the character, the big character. But um, you know, you had Alan Stubbs, David Ware, and Duncan Ferguson was there, obviously. Like you know, he's that big and with his personality and also king then. But, you know, we were just coming up, but you had experienced players that has been dead, um, Alan Stars and David Ware, they also did very well carrying the team. And um, Mikel Ateta, Tim Kale, myself, we all grew into becoming, you know, who we were playing for Everton. So the spirit was very good. Like I said, it was a family club. You know, there was no separation in the dressing room, like who is bigger player or who is a smaller player. We were all together. So we fought really hard for that blue jersey. And like you said, the fans were amazing. You know, you're not going to get any better fans than the blue than the blue fans. So it was an amazing moment. Like even when we are not so well, they were always behind us, and and you can't ask any more from your fans. Yeah, it's a, it's fantastic. And obviously, what was it like? Like obviously, you played a good as soon. It it it's there's not many grounds like it, is there? Absolutely, absolutely. Like it got to a point where I speak to a couple of players, the opposition players, and you know. They, they get a bit nervous when they are coming to Goodison because in my era we hardly we didn't really lose many games playing at Goodison. That was our home ground. We knew that the worst case scenario we can get a draw. So when we play at home, we felt more comfortable. And the reason was we had amazing fans. Everybody that comes to the stadium to watch us were 100% right behind us. You know, 
the feeling is something that I can't even express. And I tell people that my time playing for Everton was one of the best moments in my life because the people, the fans, everything was just, you know, they took us in like a family and we walked our socks off on the pitch as well. So it was, we made it very difficult for oppositions to, to come and get a result at Goodison Park. Yeah, I can safely say the feeling was mutual with that team as well. I think the fans loved that team looking back and it, there was a lot of goodwill towards the team. Fans always remember, in particular, the Newcastle game at the end of that season, which pretty much secured the top four finish. Do you remember uh-huh. that day well? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it was a special season. Or it was a special season altogether. And to know that we were going to finish ahead of Liverpool that season, you know, it was, you know, it brought extra joy to us to know that oh, we, we were looked at a team that, you know, we were pushing for the top six to at least get to the European um, spot. But this time we were ahead of Liverpool and finished fourth. You know, it was an amazing feeling. But I tell you what, we worked really hard. We dug in that season. We really fought for every point that we got and, and finally it paid off. The fans did their part, the coaching crew, the players, the uh, um, executives at the club. It was just a season and a year for Everton to, um, to make a statement. It was a real statement indeed. And of course, we sold us into a Champions League qualifier. Yeah. Before uh, Phil Neville joined the club in 2005 and was appointed the captain later on. What was he like as a captain, like as a leader of the Everton team? Yeah, he was good. He was he was a good captain, and um, you know he came from Man United and brought in that experience because he's, he's been there, played at the big games. So coming to Everton as well, he gave us that that lift. He was always in front. He was and and he you know he leads not just by his performance but also by he talks a lot. He motivates players a lot, in, you know, and you just have to to understand the kind of person that he is. He is also a strong personality. So when he came in, he came in with that winning mentality and, and that hard work as well, understanding that, you know, we have to really fight for everything that we, we, we that we, we are going to achieve that season and whatever we do on the pitch in the training ground is what we will do over the weekend. So when he came in, was a breath of fresh air, knowing that this is an experienced player that has been there and, and done it all. So he was very welcomed as well. Yeah, and of course... Shortly after that, we went into this Champions League qualifier against Villarreal. Of course, we lost the home game 2-1, but still had a chance to go through if we won the away game. We were knocked out after a controversial and very bad refereeing display by Pierluigi Colino, who's one of the best referees in world football, supposedly. The game was littered with poor decisions that went against us, not more so than Dunk's header from a corner. Everyone was devastated. What was the feeling the squad had after working so hard only to have it taken away from us by a very dubious and suspicious decision to rule out that goal? Yeah, I think we were, we were shattered, you know, with the ball. Um, at the end of the day, we knew that we gave a good fight. You know, we played we played well. We thought that um, with our performance, we could have gone through, like you rightly said, you know, a poor decision from an experienced referee cost us that opportunity to, to go through. But most importantly, we were happy that, you know, we challenged ourselves. We made a statement that year. Because, you know, in football, sometimes you can't, most times you can't dwell on the on the sad part of events that has happened. You have to move forward because there is a weekend game in the EPL. So because of the games that were coming up, it made us forget, you know, what has happened and, and how we got knocked out from the competition. But overall, we were happy with our performance and we were just unlucky. And, and that gave us more confidence that if we had another chance, um, we could go there and do better. Of course, Everton have never been to the Champions League since, and it was a pretty 
it's, it's, I think it's hard for Everton fans more so looking back because we haven't done that. That that game really hurts us. I think the way we went out, obviously the the dubious decision, and I think it is a really forgettable. It's one we want we, we try to forget, but it's very hard. Yeah, it's it's always gonna be in our memory. We're always gonna remember that, especially no that year Everton hasn't qualified for the Champions League, so it, it hurts. Even myself now, I used to be a player. Now I'm a big fan of Everton. It's like a family to me. So every time I watch Everton, I'm hoping that some some day sooner than later, Everton can break into that top four and and we can be seeing Everton playing in the Champions League because when you talk about club side football. Champions League is is at, the, at its highest. So ever a club like Everton needs to start playing European football consistently. So it really hurts, but it brings back memory that that happened when I was there. It happened last when I was there in my set. So it makes me also have a bit of um, um, joy and it gives me a lot of um, uh, memories about my players and the events that happened at that moment. But football has grown. The fans, like you like you rightly said. They are also a bit still hurt that Everton has, hasn't moved on from that moment where we played Champions League. But I think um, in the near future, we all hope that Everton can break into the top four because the club is growing. The club is bigger than when I was there. So why not? And they have very talented players. Uh, it's, it's difficult to compare those errors, but it's something that is very achievable as well. That's great to hear you say that, actually. And of course, we may, we may not have got back to the... Champions League, but we did get into the UEFA Cup two years later. The 2006-07 season saw us qualify, and it was arguably, for me, your best season as an Everton player. You played every minute of every Premier League game. You kept 13 clean sheets, and it was another enjoyable season. Is there anything you remember, particularly from that season, considering you played so regularly? Uh, no, not really. I think my time at, that, at, at Everton at that period was all enjoyable for me. It was, you know, I was that kind of lad that I always wanted to play. I never liked being on the bench. I never liked being a star. So me being on the pitch, when the, and I knew about the high competition as well. It wasn't easy when you're always going to be picked to play every game. Because I think that period I had very experienced players, David Ware, Alan Stars, that were also there. So we, we had that, that competition. But it was a good competition because you know we were all like all together it was family regardless of who was playing but i tapped a lot from their experience so playing every game for me at that moment um meant a lot because i always wanted to play and i came to everton to play football but i didn't know i was going to play every minute of every game i think for footballers you don't you don't start the season and say i'm going to finish all the games because there are competitions injuries and, and everything but I enjoyed every game. It was towards the end of the season that I realized that I could be one of the players that could finish the season playing every minute. So it was a remarkable achievement that I cherish till this day. I tell my 10-year-old son, Joey, because he was born in Liverpool, I tell him that, do you know that daddy played the whole season for Everton without being a sub, like the whole 38 games? And he's like, wow. So he goes and Google it and asks me, like, how did I do it? Because in this modern era, it is difficult because things is, can yeah. happen in between. So like you said, no, I said in this modern, modern era, it's difficult to achieve that, to play the whole season, every minute of every game. But I'm, I'm happy that I'm one of the players to represent Everton and actually achieve that feat. But it's something that I cherish a lot. Oh, that's brilliant to hear, mate. And obviously, the next season comes along 07, 08, and Everton signed your fellow countryman Yakubu for a record 11 million fee at the time. He did brilliantly for us, didn't he, with 21 goals. 
Did you speak with him before he joined the club and try to persuade him to come to Everton? Um, not really. I think he was. Um, there was just a phone call on how is the club. Or, um, he knew the Premier League, so Everton knew who he was. Because I think then he was playing for Middlesbrough. Was it Middlesbrough yeah, he was, or Portsmouth? Yeah. One of the clubs. So um, he was very familiar to to the environment as well. So um, when he came in, I have to say this. I, I was asked a question about another Nigerian striker. So. And and that was Julius Agawa, you know. I think someone at the club asked me that question, that, you know, who is better? I, you know, I gave my honest opinion and I said, um, Jakub Kubu is in the Premier League, he's tested, he's a goal scorer. So I'm glad that they brought him in and that season, like you said, he scored 21 goals. So it worked out pretty good for us. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was interesting, obviously, you talk about other Nigerians in the Premier League and the likes of Julius Akahawa. That didn't really work out for him at Wigan, but it certainly worked out for Yakubu. What was the difference there, do you think? Yeah, the, the difference, I think, is, you know, the Premier League sometimes, you know, can take players um, a little while to settle in. Some some people are lucky. I was one of those that when I came in, you know, because of the way the club is and, and the players as well, they helped me settle, settle in quickly. But some people, it can take take a lot uh, longer than that. You know, Julius Agawa is a fantastic talent. If he came in about the time that I came in after the World Cup, maybe we would have seen a different Julius Agawa. But I think he came in a couple of years after I've been at Everton. So it was a bit different for him. Like I said, most importantly is the club that you go to and, and how the team is structured. Because in, when you go to some clubs, the, the players as well will help you integrate into the squad get you make you feel better but if you go to other clubs that are not like family club sometimes it can take a little bit a, a, a little longer than, than expected and also your performance on the pitch for strikers if you get off with a good start and you start banging in the goals that comes with confidence it makes you settle in a lot quicker for a defender when i keep a clean sheet it's, it feels like i've, I've scored a goal so that gives me confidence of the work it works both ways for Julius, i think it took him a bit a bit longer to get his first goal and that might have affected his confidence. Yeah, well, Yakubu certainly got off the mark very quickly, didn't he? He scored 21 goals in his first season and somebody else who did well this season was the youngster, Victor Anichibi, who was another Nigerian, of course. Did you have a good relationship with him as well? Yeah, you know, Anichibi was coming through the ranks. I think I remember it was him and James Vogan. Both of them were coming through the ranks at... Um, at the same time, so so yeah, I remember Anechebi very well. He was like a younger brother, but he was a beast. He was quick, strong, very powerful. So if you need someone to hold the ball and, and shrug the fingers off, that was he was still learning his trade. But I was happy to get to the first team and to have three Nigerians playing for Everton in the first team. I think was an amazing moment. So he definitely brought something different. It's it's sad that injuries, you know. Didn't really let him play his best football, but every time he was on the pitch, you knew that he was going to cause a lot of problems, and he scored some vital goals as well. Yeah, he was very good as a substitute. If I remember, right, he used to come off the bench and score a lot of important goals for us. So, I think obviously he's a player who's remembered quite well at Everton. And let's not forget, we had a good run that season in the UEFA Cup. During that run, we played Larissa in October two thousand and seven. And in Phil Neville's absence, you captained Everton for the first time. How does it feel leaving yeah. Everton out at Goodison Park? Oh, I felt great. 
you know, you couldn't have asked for any better opportunity than that. And he came on a big stage in the Europa Cup against Larissa. So, and when I knew I was going to be the captain, I was already used to being the captain of Nigeria because sometimes when the captain wasn't playing, I was the vice captain back then. So, but I was happy to captain a huge club like Everton and, 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 and among all the players that, that were there, I was picked to be the captain. I think it gave me extra motivation and, and it made me feel uh, feel better. So crossing that white line, knowing that everyone at, at Goodison Park is waiting for me to take the lead and to see what I can do, you know, gave me extra motivation in the game. And I think I scored in that game at home. So, you know, I was, I was already known, I was super excited, but most importantly, we won the game. So it was a memorable moment for me. No, it was a, it was a very memorable season for us in Europe as well. I think there was a lot of great memories from that season and particularly that Larissa game, there was a, it was a great performance and obviously you led us to that great performance. So you must be proud of that. Yeah, very proud. These are the things, you know, we look back these days and, and, and try to look at the time that we spent at each club. And, and that's not for me. People still talk about it the time I captain everything because you don't have many African players being given the chance to captain. So that season was memorable and my performance in that game as a captain is something that I also cherish because Everton are a very huge club, so I was I was very very happy. And obviously, uh, you were the first African actually to captain Everton, so so that will always be in history that you achieved that. Absolutely, you're spot on, James. We talk about it like when they try to address me, they say first African to captain Everton and former captain of the Nigerian Super Eagles, so. That, that made my profile go very high. And, and it was a special moment because Everton is a team that I love so much. Understand? So there's a lot of history with myself and Everton. So to finally be the captain of that team, you know, it couldn't ask for anybody. It was a special for me. And it's something that I, I still tell my kids now. I'm just happy and very proud that I play for a huge club like Everton. And on that note, obviously, of wearing the captain's armband, it's probably a good time to remind everybody that you were captain for Nigeria for almost a decade and you led the Super Eagles out of two World Cups along with Vincent and Yema you're the joint most appearances for Nigeria how does it feel to be revered as one of the all-time greats for your country it, it feels it feels good it feels it's very good but like I said I was a type of player that you know I wasn't really looking for achievements I was just enjoying my football because I love football, I love to play football. So, but you get to a stage when you become very experienced and people start talking a lot about you. So, um, being the captain of Nigeria started after my third cup. So, after my third game for Nigeria, the fourth game, I think, yeah, I was the captain. So, I played over 100 games for Nigeria, and it looks like about 40 to 50 of those games, I was captain. So, I was already used to the handband. It's always a proud moment to be the captain of senior national team because Nigeria, you know, we love football so much. It's almost like a culture for us. So, I know the ranks of under 20, and I used to look up to the Super Eagles players. So, players. so to finally be the captain of the Super Eagles of Nigeria was a huge achievement. And for people to talk about me as, as one of the greats, you know, I couldn't say anymore. Like, you know, it's like a dream come true for a child because I, I had players that I looked up to. But finally, you know, when you name out the, the greatest players or the best players that played for Nigeria and my name keeps coming up, that shows that I've done, done a remarkable job and I'm proud of that. You certainly did. And when you say you were looking up to Nigerian players as a child, who were your idols? Who were the best Nigerian players who you love to watch? 
think uh, growing up with not really having access to television at home where you can watch games. So we were young on the streets, like, you know, to watch a football game, we really had to struggle with all my mates. But um, in my city, we had two great players, two very good players. One was Finney the Judge and Taribo West. So when they come to the city, you know, it was it was a thing of joy. Everybody wanted to see these superstars that we watch on TV. So for me, I think there was a day that Finney the Judge came to my street and I was sent. But I, everyone was rushing towards him, so I had to run just to go have a look and, and look at him. So it was it was strange when I told him this story the first day I met him in 2001 when I broke into the senior national team. You know, then he knew that okay, we are from the same city, the same city, and I used to look up to him. So, you know, I think it gave me a lot of motivation. Like, you know, it's, it, it was a dream come true when you look up to someone and the way life is, and if you really work hard. I later, I later became his teammate. Now we are both bowed out of the game. We are friends of the pitch now. <laughs> so football is funny, but I, I did really look up to him as as a survival player. If so, Finney George, of course, played in the Premier League as well with Ipswich and. I think you say they come from the same city. So were you all from, you were born in Kono, weren't you? Yeah, yeah in Kono, but um, Port Harcourt is the city. Oh, Port Harcourt, yeah. Port Harcourt, that's, that's the south of Nigeria, the south-south of Nigeria. Yeah. That's brilliant. And, of course, I think Terrible West, we were talking about the 2002 World Cup. I think you played alongside him in defence at that tournament. So that must have been an yeah. absolute thrill for you. Yeah, and uh, it was great. He was, um, like I said, it was him infinity that I looked up to, but I never had the chance to see him until I, I, I graduated to the senior national team. And um, when he knew where I was from, because he was like a big brother and, and, and a big presence for the national team because of his charisma and, and who he is. So it was a joy, it was a thing of joy for me to be able to line up with these great players that has played for Nigeria. And my era, I think I was one of the youngest that was always playing. So from when I started till 2013, I never, so from 2001 and 2013, I never sat on the bench. I was always playing when I was fit. But for me, my greatest moments is, you know, those moments that I played with the, they couldn't be, let's um, call them because they were so great in their era. So for me to line up side to side with them and to play with terrible in the defense, uh, he guided me a lot, you know, encouraged me to be the Joseph Yebo that I finally became. So when he retired from the national team, everybody almost was on me to carry a team, which I did. So it was a moment and, and it's something that I, every time that I see him, we talk about and laugh how I started, how young I was when I came through and, and to, to look up to players like that and finally be their teammates is, is a big achievement. It really is. And... Of course, you went on to, like you say, captain Nigeria for another eight years, almost. I think after uh, after that, so I think it was it was certainly a very successful career. I think you had the same number of caps as Vincent and Yame, and of course, you played alongside him in defence, if you like. And I think you guys were a very similar yeah. age. How does it feel coming through with him? I think um, he he came in. He didn't, I was one year ahead of him in the national team. He came a bit later um, when I went to the 2002 World Cup, but he didn't play the AFCON, the African Nations Cup in 2002. He missed out on that. But the game against England, I think, was his first game for Nigeria because that team was shuffled around. They changed some of the players. So 
We've, so basically, we grew together and to see him become the number one and become a dominant force in the national team as well, you know, it was very good. He, he's the top goalkeeper. He's a top goalkeeper. So having him behind me and I was the captain of the team, I knew that I wasn't the only experienced one because we almost started in the same era. So he brought in his experience and, and, and made things look easy for the team as well. So my generation was very good that we had um, Peter Odewingi as well. I don't know if you remember Peter Odewingi. He played oh, for do, yeah. West Brom and Stoke City. Yeah. He was also in that at that World Cup, but he wasn't registered. You know, he was the extra player. So... These are my generation, myself, um, Ude Wingi and um, Vincent Inyama. But I keep hearing that we have the same uh, number of games that we are tied. But I was the first to get to 100 games, and that, and that was very special because um, I broke Kano's um, um, record at 87. And me being me again, not looking at these records, I always want the team to win. I always want to just enjoy football and, and play well. But after I broke Kano's um, appearances, um, he had 87, so I got to 88, and everybody started talking about me to be the first Nigerian to get 100 games out of the great players that have played for this country. So that's another memorable achievement for me, something that I always look back at and say, how did I do this? Because it's not easy with Nigeria being so blessed with so many players. We have so many players, but to play through... For many years, I think I had about 14 years, and to be the first person, the first centurion, the first Nigerian player to get 100 games is something that I cherish very much. So, like I say before, I think you, you captained Everton for the, you were the first African Everton captain, and of course, the first Nigerian to get 100 caps. It was a career full of firsts. You were the first person to achieve a lot of things, which must say a lot about how well you did in your career. Absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, when you were starting, nobody gave you a chance. And, and like I said, I was one of the youngest coming into the team. So people didn't really expect that I would have that consistency through my career. I was successful playing for so many years. So breaking those odds and everything, being the first to achieve things is always very important because Nigeria, we are so blessed with so many players. And when you look at the great names, the Finney, George, the Jeje Okocha, Kanu Wankwar, we, we have so many great players that have played for Nigeria. But to be the first to achieve those things before them, I think it's, it's a big blessing and it's coming from, from, from all the hard work and dedication and commitment to the national team. Certainly. And obviously we're going to go back to Everton now. And the 2009 season was probably the height of this sort of the, that team's career when we reached the FA Cup final. And how did it feel for Everton to be able to play for Everton in the FA Cup final at Wembley? Oh, it was amazing. You know, you keep hearing about Wembley and Cup finals and 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 that's that's one thing that I feel so bad about that during my my great years with Everton that I that they are very memorable um years that I spent with Everton. We were not able to win this significant trophy to say. So playing at the Wembley um FA Cup finals, I think it was a dream come true. You know, we know winning the league was a bit you know far from us, but at least we got the Champions League spot. But to, to see ourselves qualifying uh, for the finals of the FA Cup in Wembley and to play in Wembley where every player dreams of playing was something very special. It was extra special for me, but like I said, we worked really hard to get there. We were just disappointed that we had, we played against a strong team. In my opinion, because I've looked back at that game, I keep saying that I just wish we could have another chance to replay the game because we played against Chelsea. 
we took the lead. The first goal came very early from Louis Saha, and some way um, Chelsea, you know, rolled themselves back in and, and won that game. I was very disappointed and devastated. Like this was a golden opportunity for us to actually make a statement and and be able to hold on to a trophy. But you know, football is funny sometimes. It's uh, it's one of my very good moments at the same. Sometimes it's a sad moment for me because we got to the finals, but we just couldn't finish the game and, and win the trophy. It's a shame, really. Did you think we sometimes it was a it was a record goal? Of course, he scored in the twenty fifth second, which is like incredibly quick. And do you think we scored a little bit too soon, almost? Um, no, I, I would say we needed that goal. We needed. Most of us when I used to play at Wembley, the space is a little bit big. So the goal gave us a lift. We just didn't manage the game very well, and they they came back into the into the game very early as well. So when they it took us off guys, you know. So if had we been able to hold on to that goal toward till the uh, till the game towards the end of the game, we would have made it very difficult. Would have won that game. So I think when they equalized, we knew that it was going to be very, very tough. But like we say, looking back at the game, if I can play that game, I think that we could. Uh, if we were going to lose that game, we should lose that game at the last minute, which it could go either way. But it's a game that we started off very, very well. And knowing the Everton team that I was playing during all my my career, my time with Everton, when we score a goal, it gives us more confidence. You understand? So I hardly can think of a game that we were ahead. And the team came from behind to beat us in that game. I think we've gotten a draw. I can remember, but I knew that that game at Wembley, the FA Cup final, football, we didn't have the luck, but we did our best. So the early goal helped us a lot, and it's a game that, if I had a chance, I want to replay it because you know the FA Cup is um, a special trophy. Everybody wants to play in the final or get hold of that trophy. So everything did very well. But as a group. I would say we deserved, with the way we worked hard to get to the final, we deserved to win the trophy, but it wasn't, it wasn't to be on the day. Certainly, and of course, that was probably the following season you did sign a new contract, but there was also a lot of upheaval. Jolly Unless got left, Sylvan Dista and Johnny Hatinger joined. There was a lot more competition for places in defence the next year. How did it feel having to compete with these players for a place in the first team? Yeah, it was, for me, it was good. Like, you know, competition at the back was what everything was made of. Because, you know, everything's strength is always from the back because we get a lot of clean sheets. And when the defenders, when we can keep a clean sheet, we know that we can win again because we had players that could pop in a goal. So um, when when Julian left, because Julian was my partner, we, we got used to each other. So, you know, it's always sad to see your partner leaving because that means you have to get used to another player coming in. I think Phil Jageka was there as well. But when um, Sylvan came and then um, Johnny Heitinger came, we had to start getting used to ourselves and there was the competition was very high. So for me, it's always good. It's, it's, it left the manager with the decision on who to pick and, and who was going to play the game. But overall, when I look at every player, I think um, regardless of who you played, um, and everyone was a top player. Certainly. And of course, you, you started to appear less that season and the end of the season saw you move on loan to Fenerbahce. And we've got to talk about something that a lot of Everton fans probably don't know, but you scored the winning goal that won them the title against Sivasport, if I'm not mistaken. After I left Everton, I realised that you know, it would be sad for me if I went to a club that 
you know, I wasn't going to be happy or a club that won't give me fulfillment. So, you know, sometimes these things happen for a reason. So when I went to Fenerbahce, um, it was a big moment for me. And like you said, I scored the winning goal in my first season that gave us the, um, um, the league, the league, the championship. And it was very special, like the culture of the club and everything was totally different from playing in England. You know, but Fenerbahce are a very big club, you know, the fan base as well, the culture, the people. So it made me realize that, you know, football is universal. As much as there is a premiership, but when I went to Turkey and playing for Fenerbahce it was a big moment. And to go there and, and winning the league in my first season, and this is all I've been looking for. And I wish that I was able to, to hold on to a trophy with Everton. That didn't happen. So I was very, very happy. And to score the winning goal for Fenerbahce and win the league that year, it was something that was so special. And, and, and looking back at those moments, it's like, you know, I now realize that, you know, football and all, all you have is memories. We've played and, and we've played against some great players and have great moments while we are playing. But that moment, me winning my first league trophy meant everything for me because I was getting to my 30s or I'm already into my 30s then. So I knew that after a couple of years, my career will be over. So I'm like, I've left a great club that is Everton. Now I'm at Fenerbahce. So all my dreams, all my aspirations, everything I wanted was to make sure that I'm here to enjoy my football and also to make sure that I win trophies. So that first trophy I won with um, Fenerbahce and scoring that, scoring that winning goal. I still have that jersey of that match. I kept it in my house. So it was, it was very special. It's something that I'm very thankful for. Yeah, it was a, a very great moment for you. And of course, the loan to Fenerbahce was later made permanent, which drew to a close eight years at Everton. Of course, David Moyes was the only manager you played under at Everton. During your complete time, what was your relationship like with David Moyes? He was good. He was very good. He was, he's a manager that is, you know, he, he's very demanding. He wants you to do well. He wants you to improve. You know, he works his socks off on the pitch. Everything he knew, we always practiced on the pitch. Sometimes, you know, as footballers, we are grumbling that we are staying too long, but we work so hard. And David Moyes being like, I think he was a former defender in his playing time. So he enjoyed mm -hmm. what he was doing. He enjoyed talking to us and, and, and coaching us. So I learned a lot from him. He was, he was a great man. He was a great man. And I'm happy that, you know, he was always um, open to me. Even when he's not playing me, he will let me know that these are the reasons why he's not playing me and X, Y, Z. And, and I think... Him. That's great to hear. And over the eight years you were part of the squad, you saw a lot of changes, including your defensive partners. You had the likes of David Weir, Alan Stubbs, Phil Jagielka, Julian Lescott alongside you. Is there any one of those in particular you felt you had the best partnership with? Um, I'd, I'd like to say, because, you know, everything played differently. I think I had a strong um, partnership with Julian Lescott. And then um, also the time that sometimes Julian used to play left back and they play. Then the manager used to play myself and Phil Jagger. So that's, that's like three rocks at the back. So it was, it was difficult for anyone to penetrate. But most importantly, I would say playing with Alan Stubbs or David Ware, you know, was my best moment because I was still learning the trade. So they were guiding me. I had all the natural attributes and, and speed and all that they had the experience so for a young kid coming through coming through and, and you need experienced players to guide you so i think their 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 leadership 
helped me become who I was playing in the central defense. Because also, as a footballer, I was versatile. I could play different positions. And you know, the central defense is the position that you need a lot of experience and a lot of guidance. And, and they gave me that when I played, when I came to Everton. When I played with other players, I was already Joseph Yobo. I was, I was experienced. But when I, when I signed for Everton, that moment was very special. Playing with either of them, Alan Stubbs or David Ware, I would say that was my best moment because I was learning a lot from them. That's brilliant to hear. And obviously, you learned a lot from players like that who have this kind of experience and a lot of character. There was a lot of characters who were part of the same Everton squad as you over that time. Plenty of big characters. You talk about like, the likes of Thomas Gravison, David Unsworth, the players yeah. you mentioned, Weir and stuff. Yeah. We've touched on a few, the likes of Tim Howard as well. With, are there any funny or mad stories from behind the scenes that you could tell us from during your time in the Everton dressing room? Um, not really. I think that there's just there's some crazy moments that I, I don't want to share. I'll let that go. But, you know, things things happen both at the training ground and the dressing room. And especially when when players are not are not really happy when they are not playing. You know, some players can, can go crazy. But that's what I tell you about Everton, which is different from other clubs that I played. Everton is, is anybody that comes there, you have to understand the structure and, and, and be proud to wear that blue jersey. I think playing for Everton, you know, overseeded any other thing, playing for that great club. So we, didn't, we had great moments. Everybody that I played with had their characteristics. Some of them, you know, ego also plays a, a, plays a big part in the dressing room, but I didn't, I didn't see that with Everton. I played at other clubs where I saw players, you know, acting funny and doing other things. But at Everton, for me, I, I had... And that's one thing you mentioned, um, David Onsworth, he was another experienced player, Thomas Gravison. You know, everybody was just happy, you know, even when we are not doing well. But one thing that we knew was we had to work hard to end the right to win games, that it wasn't going to come easy. So everything we did on the weekend playing in the game, we already worked on the, at the training ground. So it was a phenomenal moment for me. It was an exceptional moment. And I had equal relationship with, every, with, with everyone. And it's something that I, I, I cherish a lot. Looking to the present now, there are not many players left from your time at Everton still at the club. The only ones are Leighton Baines and Seamus Coleman. They're far more experienced yeah. now, of course, and they're not always regulars, but they, having played and trained with them, do you think they bring to the current dressing room that kind of experience that you enjoyed working alongside David Weir and Alan Stubbs? Did you, do you think Leighton and Seamus could offer the current squad that same kind of experience? Yeah, I absolutely think so, because I think I remember when they both came in. So it's been a long couple of years that they've been there and they love the club. I think both of them have played close to 10 years. For a player to play that long for a club, that shows they love the club. They have the passion. They are proud to wear that blue shirt. So whether they are playing or not, now they are very experienced. So I'm, I'm certain that they will bring that experience into the dressing room. It's kind of different. I think Seamus uh, was the captain and sometimes leading captains as well. So they will bring that leadership of, of captainship because it's an extra, extra responsibility. But with David Ware and Alan Stubbs, I think um, central defenders are more people leaders. You understand? So it's, it's a little bit different. But with the experience of Leighton Baines and, and Seamus, I think, you know, you can't substitute it for anything. They absolutely love the club and they'll bring in that experience, I'm sure, and that leadership. Uh, 
So yeah, we're going to be finishing in a moment, but finally we have to congratulate you on becoming assistant manager of the Nigeria national team. What must what an honour that must be for you? Oh wow, it blew me away. For me, it's a great honour, and it's another opportunity to serve my nation. You know that they looked at everyone and 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 picked me to 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 be the person to get into that position, which which comes with um a big responsibility. There are challenges, but it's an environment that I, I know very well, and I'm just happy and I feel so so honored, you know, for the chance to to be part of that coaching that coaching crew and to serve my nation again. Yeah. So obviously in that role as assistant manager, you must get to see a lot more of Henry Onyakuru than we Everton fans did. It was disappointing not to see him in action for Everton, but he shows a lot of promise in his early years. Do you get a do you get a lot out of seeing these next generation of Nigerian players in action in your role? Um, I think I have not started because of um, the coronavirus pandemic, so I've not actually resumed. Um, talking about, um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm super excited. I've, um, I'm I'm in good contact with the manager, that's the the head coach, and we're talking on how we want to move things forward and the federation, but. I think we have the pandemic that everyone is talking about and we're experiencing at the moment. So after that, work will come, but it's something that I'm looking forward to. Then to talk about uh, Henry I was happy when Everton signed him and I was sad to see that, you know, you know, he couldn't play for the team for us to see how good he is. He's a fantastic player. I think he's playing for Galatasaray now so to see how good it is because I know these players by name. I watch some of them, but close and personal, we we haven't crossed paths. I haven't met a lot of them, so this will be the chance for me to to get to know them as footballers. So I've been a pundit. I've been talking on TV, and since I re- after I retired, I've been I've been doing the Champions League and and African Nations Cup with Super Sports in South Africa because they have the biggest network and television right over here. So I've known most of the players from TV, from watching and analysing the Nigerian game. So now it's a big chance for me to get to know them personally and, and how good they are and also be able to, to give them some of my knowledge. Of course, there's one we'll love you to get to know, of course, Alex Iwobi, who we brought in last year. So you, we may not have got to see a lot of Henry Ondikuru, but Alex Iwobi is a Nigerian footballer playing for Everton right now. So... The legacy of Nigerians at Everton looks set to live on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm ha- I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it because um, we have a lot of good players. So when I when I heard that Everton is going for a Wobi, I'll tell you, I was one of the most happiest people because I know the quality that he has just watching him play for Nigeria, you know, and, and I've seen him play for Arsenal as well. It's sad that injury has, you know, cut short his performances and everything, but he is a tremendous uh, um, talent. You know, he's a very good footballer, very unpredictable with what he's going to do, but very effective as well. So he's someone that is he's like a joker. He's someone that I, I admire so much. I'm a big fan of him and I can't wait to work with him in the national team. And I'm just hoping that he will get over his injury problems so he can really play his best football for Everton. So basically, it's, it's love from both ends, from Everton, and from Nigeria, so he for me he's a special player. Yeah, that's obviously a, it's great to hear you say that. It's to see that the future looks so bright. We're having Alex Iwobi at the club as well. So thank you for giving us a bit of insight there as well. And the future looks bright. The legacy of Nigeria will always carry on at Everton, and hopefully you can be the latest to make a good impact at Everton to come from the Super Eagles. So 
it's it, it's a good time. It's, hopefully, you get to see a lot more of Alex Iwobi when you resume your duties as assistant manager. Yeah, hopefully, it's, it's something that I'm looking forward to. And like I said, it's, it's coming from a place of love and admiration because he's he's playing for a club that I love so much. So I can't wait to see him, you know, get it running again and doing his best because that's what he loves doing is is, is football do his best for Everton and also replicate that for the national team. And also, James, I forgot to mention, I played with these two lads, which were local lads. I played with um, Tony Hibbert. You know, I tried back and he was another phenomenal player, like one of the best tacklers that I've ever seen. And and Leon Osman, you know, he, he wasn't that big, but when he gets on the ball, so these we have special players in my area and I'm just happy that I, I, I played with them too and their characters were, were very fantastic you know and, and like I said I keep talking about how United we were in the dressing room how everyone gets along I think that, that they were special players they were part of that group that made everything so special that we, we fought and played in the Champions League and you know when I think back I'm just happy I think the last time I came um that I was at Everton, I saw Leon Osman, then he was still part of the team in 2016. And also to thank the fans, you know, because that reception when I came on the pitch was was second to none, you know, like it got me so emotional. And then I realized that, oh, I've actually left a legacy here. I did something for Everton that I didn't really know. You know, the reception they gave me when I walked on that pitch was very emotional and very touching. And and I'm I'm super happy. You know, that they were a big part of my story and I will always be there. I will always love Everton and, and support Everton. It's fantastic, of course. We've got a few more finish, a few more questions just to finish off quick questions. The big one, of course, you talked about the likes of Hibbert and Leon Osman. Who was the best player you played with as Everton? That's, that's tough. Because, like I said, it's... Everybody has what they bring. When Thomas Gravison was there, you had we have Wayne Rooney. I'm talking about people that were extra special. Of course, the big figure for Everton was Duncan Ferguson, and, and he still is today. But Wayne Rooney, when he came through, he was unbelievable. I think Thomas Gravison, and I would say Nikhil Ateta and Tim Cahill. So I have these four on my list and, and I'm just struggling. Who do I pick? And not to say Steven Pina when he came through, but before Pina was was Mikel Ateta that changed the way Everton used to play, in a sense. So so it's a bit difficult, but these are all special players that are it'll be it'll be hard for me to pick one out of all of them. So hmm, it's difficult. That's a difficult question, but I gave you a couple of players that were, you know, that when they're on the pitch you knew that Everton had a chance of winning a game. Certainly, and I think, it, I think obviously, given Stephen Pienaar I mentioned there, I'm sure your colleagues back in South Africa on Supersport will appreciate that show. <laughs> yeah, Stephen is a special talent. Like, uh, like I said earlier, James, I think um, when Michael Arteta came in, we started building from the back because Everton is structured differently. We had the big dunk that we know we can play to him and he'll hold the ball and we move forward. We had James Beatty, strikers like that, that could hold the ball. But when Mikel Arteta came in, you know, he is the, he is the one that, that can take the ball from the defenders and, and, and make the guests us going and start passing the ball around. So when Pina came, to have Pina and Mikel Arteta, you know, you know that football was going to move a lot. We we're going to have a lot of possession. So 
those were special times. So I think my time at Everton, it depends on the players that we had. We always tailor our game to suit the way the players that we have can play. So those were those are two technically. When we talk about technique, I'll say Mikel Ateta and Steven Pina are above every other person. You know, Thomas Gravison, he was sure, but he's another phenomenal uh, um, um, uh, player that has a lot of technical abilities. And when you look at Tim Cahill with the amount of goals that he scored, his character, his personality, very likable guy. So, and, and his goal celebration. I think that's, it's always difficult for me because I have all these players that were my teammates that were very, very good and they brought a lot to the team. Certainly. Do you still speak to any of the form, your former teammates or Everton staff from your time at Everton? Um, not really. I think, who did I see? Yeah, I think I, I was on the phone with, you know, social media makes you feel like you're talking to, you know, you're still close to everybody and, and, and sometimes we're chatting. But I was on the phone with Tim Cahill, I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, just after I was um, named um, the assistant manager. So I was on the phone with him and we were just chatting and, and, and catching up with a lot of things. But I hope to reach out to everybody during my era. I think this also brought back a lot of memories. And like I said, I had good relationship, equal relationship with everyone that made my time at Everton great, great. You know, it's, it's, I tell people that Everton made me Joseph Yobo for, for a couple of clubs, but without playing for Everton, people wouldn't have known me around the world that, okay, this is Joseph Yobo and who he is. So Everton showcased me to the world. That's brilliant to hear. And obviously, we're going to finish off now. So would you have a final message that you would like to say to the Everton fans watching about your time with the club? Yeah, it's, it's, it's to thank them for all the great memories that we shared together. And like I said, if there's one game that I think we could all go back and play, that will be um, the ethical final that we lost to Chelsea. I think if we had another chance to do it, definitely we would have won. But that's gone now. But there's so much memories and so much good times with this great club. And, and to see how the club has progressed from when I was there to what they are now, you know, it shows that everything are in the right direction. I love them and I always want to come back and visit. And I'm also looking forward to doing something with, with everything in, in football. So you just, you just never know. But, you know, without them, there won't have been Joseph Yobo. So basically, my, my football knowledge came from everything and the fans were a big part of that. That's brilliant to hear. So there you have it, guys. From the man himself, over 250 appearances for Everton, joint most capped player for his country, now the assistant manager of the Super Eagles, and most of all, still a very big follower of the Mighty Blues and a lot to thank Everton for. That is Joseph Yobo, ladies and gentlemen. Eight years' worth of memories there. We've just covered Joseph. Brilliant to be able to look back on them with you, and hopefully not the last time we see you on the Toffee Blues, and certainly I don't think it'll be the last time we see you at Goodison Park. Absolutely not. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to talking to you and I'm definitely looking forward to coming back to Goodison Park. Like I said, the last time I was there, not many players get, get that. You know, it was very emotional and, and I show my kids today and they're like, wow, like, you know, so they blew me away. It showed a lot of connection and a lot of love and, and I'm always happy to I'm proud to be a blue any day, any time, and I'm happy to come back. So soon so soon when all this is over, I'll have a chance to come and visit. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, I can assure you nothing's changed since you were last year. That you'll get the same kind of love you had back then. You're more than welcome back at Goodison Park anytime, mate. Uh, thank you. And let me say also so that I, I love the city. I love 
Liverpool. You know, as much as I knew there were rivals in the city, like from the red side and the blue side, the city was always with me. They showed me so much love because I, I spent most time in Liverpool. So anywhere I go, whether it was the red or the blue, the city showed me love and, and, I was, and I'm very happy and grateful for that. Yeah. That's great to hear as well. It's a great city. And like you say, you're always welcome back in the city. There'll always be that kind of reception for the likes of yourself and so many other great players of both clubs. So it's, it's great to hear you have so much love for the city as well to finish off as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a fantastic city and, and, and a great club. Everton is a great club. So, And another thing, Everton is so big in Nigeria and in Africa because of the players that have played from Nigeria. So they used to call me Mr. Everton because of the number of years that I spent with Everton. And I, I hope that I, I could finish my career there, but you know, it wasn't to be and, and not many players get there. But my time at Everton is something that I cherish a lot. It was a very memorable, special moment. Without Everton, there wouldn't have been Joseph Yobo. So I'm grateful to David Moyes, I'm grateful to the club, and I'm most grateful to the fans for always being there for me. That's a brilliant way to finish for our fans there. So this is, of course, the end of our show. As always, to our viewers, get involved. Like I say, there's eight years' worth of memories there. So if there's any more great memories we've missed, definitely post them in the comments below. Of course, if you enjoyed the show, give the vid a like. And if you want to see more great content, subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel and give us a follow on Twitter at Everton Newsfeed. All that's left for me to say is thank you so much, Joseph Yobo, for joining me on the show today. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome, mate. It's my pleasure. And thank you guys as well for watching on the Toffee Blues.